0: The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Ask for the ancient paths and walk in them. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers, Darren Coon, Todd Clark, and Sam Maine will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now.
1: Welcome to the masculine journey. We are so glad that you're with us and we're glad to be with you today. We we were gone last week. We <clears throat> played a, a show from the boot camp back in November that we did that was live from boot camp and we hope that you enjoyed that. But this week we are we are live from Winston-Salem and not live from boot camp and we're here, so. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of a boot camp recap, um, if you will, for, for those listeners who are used to hearing about that and kind of hearing what's going on and and different things. And so we've just kind of picked a few clips that we used at this boot camp, and uh, we're going to kind of talk about why we used that particular clip. And so the, the show's not going to be as thematic as it normally is. And uh, each segment might kind of have its own theme, but we'll start with, a, there's a brand new movie um, out that uh, just came out on DVD, it, it actually won about every award that you could possibly win in Hollywood this year, and that movie was 12 Years a Slave. And if you've not seen, um, you know, the the trailer for that movie, I would, I would really encourage you to go on YouTube or someplace and look at the trailer and... and and at least look at the trailer it's a it's it's a powerful movie it's a based on a true story about a man who was a free man uh, lived in New York ended up getting tricked and sold into slavery literally and lived 12 years as a slave even though he was a free man and uh, then finally had some folks from New York that knew who he was actually come down to Louisiana and and uh, rescue him from the cane fields and and from a pretty hard master down there. And uh, anyway, the story... No spoiler alert there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's not a spoiler alert because it's based on a true story. Um, It's called
2: history, Robbie. Yeah. (laughs)
1: but pick it, up a book <laughs> probably only reads the bible that's why we well, let him that's play true. with us he does. Um, and, uh, and that's a good thing but anyway so this trailer we're going to play first and I use this in to open the entire weekend uh, use this trailer and I'll, I'll kind of explain why in just a second
2: I want to ask you what part of the country you come from I originate from Canada
1: I guess where that is. Well, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself.
2: Well, traveled for a slave.
1: Solomon Northup is an expert player on the
3: violin.
0: I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Till the day I was deceived.
3: To Solomon.
0: Kidnapped,
2: sold into slavery.
1: Well, boy, how you feel now?
0: My name is Solomon Northup. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain
1: me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway.
0: Went down to the river, Jordan.
3: And that servant that don't obey his Lord shall be beaten
1: with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers. It's all wrong. they my
3: property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Strength! Man does how he pleases with his property. Truth! You come here. I say come here! Days ago, I was
0: with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and
2: say as little as possible. But I don't want to
0: survive. I want to live. You knowed something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the
1: instruction.
3: Master bought you here to work. Anymore, I'll earn you a hundred lashes. I know
1: what it like to be the object of Master's lash. No! In his own time, good Lord, I'll manage them all. I will survive! I will
2: not
0: fall into despair! I will keep myself hearty till freedom is opportunity.
1: So... You know, I, I don't know if, if, listeners, if you picked up on the, the three major phrases in there were, you know, um, I was born a free man until I was deceived. That's our story. Mm-hmm. Until I was sold into slavery. That's our story. And then I will not despair. I, I will not give in to despair. I'll, I'll keep myself hardy until freedom is, is available and then the last phrase, it's actually in the middle of the clip, but, but the last phrase, the most important phrase to me is, I don't want to survive. I want to live. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that that's what Jesus understood about the people that he was speaking to in John chapter 10, because he was speaking to an oppressed group of people. He was speaking to Jews who were being oppressed by Roman laws, Roman citizens, Roman hierarchy, and even Jews who were being oppressed by other Jews. And when Jesus began to speak in John ten ten and said, look, you have a thief and he came to steal and kill and destroy. Yes, that's your context. That's the context of your life. But I've come that you may have life and have life abundantly. And that's what we're trying to do at a boot camp, isn't it, Sam?
2: It is. And I think, you know, this this clip's used early on to help set
1: context. Yeah. Right. Because a whole
2: lot of our life that we think we know what's going on, we really don't. Necessarily, I mean, life didn't start when we were born. It mm-hmm. happened before us. There was a whole lot of things that happened before us, and there'll be a whole lot of things after us. But you know, where are we in the midst of all that band of time, and especially in, in spiritual time?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great things about a boot camp is that we didn't know we were in this condition until someone brought us along and helped us understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's to me what the boot camp does is it opens the eyes to help you understand how you have been in bondage and didn't realize it. Right. Right.
2: And there's the alternative to live, right? Cause a whole lot of life just feels like I just got to survive till Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole lot of that uh, thing. If I can just get to the weekend, if I can just get to here, if I can just get to vacation, mm-hmm. it's all survival and it's not really a whole lot about life.
1: Mm-hmm. And the stories that we heard from the men this weekend, I mean, not to get detailed about any particular mm-hmm. one's stories, but the stories we heard were, I mean, there were men who were living in some pretty serious bondage Yes, and, and, And weren't really sure that freedom was even available anymore, Mm -hmm. that they'd been living that way, whether it was an addiction, whether it was passivity, whether it was um, living under a false identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But and by false identity, I don't mean they were in the witness protection plan, (laughs) although, you know, I mean, if the shoe fits. And I don't say that to, to, to put pressure on people, but yeah, there's a lot of us who lived in the witness protection plan for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we're afraid to allow others to see us as we were. And, and we had, you know, some of our speakers, um, shared so candidly, Mm -hmm. so intimately with the guys there that, you know, Friday night, I mean, it was, we started with a bang Friday Mm -hmm. night. I mean, it was, it was huge. And that started the ball rolling, and I think, you know, a lot of guys automatically went to bed that night with hope, yeah, with with hope that freedom was going to be opportune, even if it wasn't felt at that point in their life.
2: Yeah, I think that, I want to make sure I say this correctly, it could sound completely wrong. Oh, well, I'll just say it anyway. The, (laughs) I think we could go into almost any church Mm -hmm. and grab a sampling of guys, Mm Mm-hmm. And they would all have the same issues of the guys that we had at boot camp. Oh, right, because it's, it's something that's prevalent in our society. You know, guys dealing with relationship issues, mm-hmm. guys battling with pornography, mm-hmm. all the things that affect society, it affects our church as well.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, all the Christian magazines, Focus on the Family, Promise Keepers, all of those guys, they've done those surveys. Sam, you're 100% right. It's a sampling. We're going to talk more about what happened this weekend and uh, we want to invite you back. We've got an, a, a couple more clips coming, uh, one or two that I know you've never heard before, and I'm really excited to share them with you. Um, they'll be funny and good. Come back after the break. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey we are kind of doing a boot camp recap, and that doesn't mean we're telling you all about what happened at boot camp. But we're just kind of going back and talking about some of the clips that we did use at boot camp. Um, we used probably I don't know six thousand during the weekend, so it's you know picking four or five is not a big deal. But um, in this um, in this next clip that we're going to start this segment with, um, this movie comes from the eighties. Um, which, you know, Robbie, he's the oldest guy, you know, kind of on the speaking team. So he's the one that uses the movies from the 80s back to the 1800s. It was in color. and They
0: (laughs) talked and everything in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was a
1: talkie and it had color. So, I mean, that was an improvement for Robbie. Now it was a great clip. Um, And I wish I, now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I'd have got the Dark Vader clip talk about that one just for a second. I mean, we're not going to show the Darth Vader. We're not going to play the Darth Vader clip. We're, right. As I was
0: studying to do the talk on what we call the poser, which is dismantling the false self. If we could figure out a way to take off our mask, then we can be more intimate with God and begin to get some healing. Because Jesus yeah. is wanting to set the captives free. But when we're wearing a mask, you know, somebody else is getting all the love. Well, and for
1: listeners who are going false self mask, what hypocrite is. Right, I mean, hypocrite. that's a biblical word. There
0: you go. Yeah, that's that's what's going on. And as I was going through all my favorite movies and thinking about things, I came across the end of that Return of the Jedi movie where we see um, Luke Skywalker is fighting against Darth Vader is essentially what happens. But the Emperor Emperor, the whole thing is to try to get Luke Skywalker to go to the dark side. Well, he is when Luke will not turn to the dark side. The Emperor is then going and decided to kill Luke Skywalker. And the whole time, Luke has felt like his father had some good in him and that he hadn't completely gone to the dark side. And he kept on having hope in his father. He kept on having hope. And then at the last minute, right before Luke was going to be killed by the emperor, Darth Vader actually repents. Mm -hmm. He turns back to save his son, throws the emperor into the reactor. But this, in effect, is going to kill Darth Vader. But what happens is Darth Vader says some very, very telling words at the end of that, which is, take my mask off, son, so that I can see you with my own eyes. And as I was thinking through that clip and the recent unmasking that God had done in my own life, I realized that when I have that mask on, not only is the mask getting the love, but it's actually hurting My ability to see others that are close to me. Right. And I, not only
1: are people not seeing you as the real Robbie, but you're not able to see them.
0: You're not able to see them. And that, and so, like Darth Vader, even though he had this mask, he he wanted to see his son with his own eyes. And one of the neat things is God begins to take that false self off. And Mm -hmm. there's a really neat verse in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where. Paul talks about we are just longing for these new clothes that we're going to get in heaven Mm -hmm. and see the reason why when in the false self being the fig leaf that we're wearing, you see, we're anxious to get these heavenly clothes and that's the God skin that we're going to get. But our nakedness when it's revealed, we're wanting to put something over that. We put this personality that gets between us and God, which not only affects the way that we see God, but the way that we see others.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and play the Top Gun clip, and this clip is towards the end of the Top Gun movie. If you've seen it, it's it's where um, uh, Maverick has lost his best friend Goose in a plane.
0: Well, you know, let me do it, Darren. Go Let's ahead. It. it was you know, it's my color movie, and I you know, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was Maverick was a f- f- fantastic, and you know, he he lived in his identity as Maverick, which he was a great fighter pilot, mm-hmm. but he had been wounded. And like so many of us, when he gets wounded, he starts to fall out out of his identity. And his best friend had been killed in this accident where he flew through this jet wash. And so based on that, Maverick had put on this false identity where he could not engage. Well, Maverick would be the kind of person that would pick a fight, would engage. But with that wound, he was finding it very difficult to engage. And so when you come on this scene, the thing that just kept on going over and over in my mind is, all these planes are flying around, he needs to engage with one of them in this clip. When you think about, if you remember the movie, think about how many times in your life you got all these things floating around in you and you're trying to figure out where to and how to engage while you're feeling the wound of what's happened in the past.
1: 160 miles and closing in fast, sir. Ready,
3: Willard and Simpkin, catch three and four. Maverick Supersonic, I'll be there in 30 seconds. Get up here, I'm engaged at five, repeat, five. What about Willard and Simkin? Both catapults are broken. We can't launch any aircraft yet, sir. How long? It'll take ten minutes. This thing will be over in two minutes. Get on it.
0: One make twelve o'clock high. One make twelve o'clock high. Watch your back. Watch your back. Break right, right. That was close. Maverick,
3: how about some help? Come on, kid. Hang in there.
0: Maverick, how about some help? Engage. Maverick, we got a mig on our tail. Watch out, watch out! We just flew right through his jet wash. Get control, get control. Good recovery, Maverick. Okay, let's get in there. Well, we got to help Ice. Come on, let's get back and engage, Maverick.
3: Come on. Uh, it's no good. Get in there, Maverick. It's no good. Maverick's just engaging. Oh, I knew it. It's Maverick.
0: Maverick, you can't leave him!
1: Come on, Patrick! Talk to Maverick, me, Goose. is in for... trouble. No... So, talk to me, Goose. Talk to me,
2: Robbie.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, honestly, that 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 clip is so much my life, so many times, because I, you know, as old guys, we have a lot of wounds, and time and again, when I should be engaging, I'm remembering where I failed before. And I'm like, it's no good. It's no good. <laughs> you know. And here's all these things flying around. You got to engage. But, man, I've, I've been down this road. I've been hurt bad mm-hmm. um, by, by engaging in this situation. And I, I, you can just feel that. But it was cool. It was so cool, Darren, because as I was actually giving my talk on the stage, God was talking to me. And as I was watching those planes, and if you can picture that clip in your mind, you see all these MiGs. They're going around sort of in a circle. And you're trying to figure out which one to engage with. And all of a sudden, I remembered what I learned as a basic quail hunter. Because when you when you when you when you walk up a covey of quail, quail, they all fly up. And the thing of it is, if you're a hunter, if you shoot amongst those quail, you're not going to get nothing. But if you pick whichever quail it is that your eye catches, mm-hmm. and you focus on that quail, and you dro- drop that quail, and make sure you know where it lands, then you go on to the next. And I was all of a sudden, I go, Oh, I know. How to engage the next time I pick the one that catches my eye, I don't lose focus, I stay on that one and i and I get it until I know where it's landed, and then I go on to the next one
1: so todd as as mm-hmm. listening to that as as a guy who's counseled a lot of other people mm-hmm. in life about things that seem to be overwhelming i mean i I'm right here with Robbie, I'm thinking okay, I've got fourteen things right now that are in dire need of my attention, and man, I just want to shoot out amongst them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it's almost like the feeling that I can't get my arms around all of it, so I'm not going to try to do any of it. And, you know, one of the things that we have trouble doing as human beings is staying focused. So when, you're, when you've got 12 chainsaws, you've got to juggle in the air. You know, it's like, there's no way I could focus on all this. But I think Robbie's onto something in terms of saying, what is it that catches your eye? You know, what's the one thing that sort of makes your heart sort of stand on edge and just focus on that and be okay with letting the rest of it go mm-hmm. and letting your father take care of that or manage it in the meantime mm-hmm. while he helps you focus on what he's seeing through your eyes
2: Well, i, I think for clarity <clears throat> we're not saying that if one of the things you're choosing from is going and playing golf with your friends or engaging in a conversation you really need to have with your wife, you can't always continually pick going to play golf, <laughs> yeah, with your friends. I may mean, give right. you the passion, but right. I, I know you're not saying that. But just for clarity, you got to engage in those things, oh, right? So.
1: And and, and uh, Sam, don't go away when when we talk about this as a covey of quail or as a as a you know a, a group of doves flying over. That's one thing. But when you think of them as arrows of the enemy. Mm-hmm. attacks of the enemy. If, if you look at all of those things and you go, okay, which one of these is closest to me? Which one is going to bite me first? Which one's going to get me first? I got to shoot at that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to, I've got to go after that one. And so you can look at it from the positive standpoint of, okay, these are, these are blessings in my life. These are things I want to do. Maybe they're passions, whatever. Or you can look at them in the opposite and sometimes we don't get to pick our warfare, pick which one we want to fight. We, we've got to go after the one that's closest to us in essence.
2: Yeah, it's either closest to us or the one we know is going to be a fatal wound. You know, you can look at it and say, "Wow, well, I can probably take that arm shot right mm-hmm. now and deal with it. I can't take one directly in the center of my heart. Right, You know, and trying to pick the ones that you're going to fight wisely. But, you know, fortunately, as, as you're talking about all those video games I played when mm-hmm. I was younger, you know, it, you always hit the thing that the zombies throw on first before you hit the thing that the skeleton's hitting you with or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is. The or, one that's
1: moving fastest yeah, towards you. Yeah.
2: Otherwise, you get the little red X and you're
1: out. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so nobody wants to get the red X in the kingdom of God. Um, honestly, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how guys react to some of these mm-hmm. clips because, um they've watched these movies for years and they've never seen them you know i mean they've watched them for purely entertainment and that's fine um but they've not looked at them as a, an analogy a a, a parable mm-hmm. of you know wow this is this the reason they're telling that story is because this is such an issue in people's mm-hmm. lives and god came after that too it doesn't it doesn't take a huge stretch to look at these things and go okay that's a parable well where does where does scripture talk about that mm-hmm. you know and that's why we do the movies i mean it's not because it's fun i mean yeah it breaks up a talk that might be boring otherwise but but that's not the issue the issue is to give a parable And then bring biblical truth to the mix as well.
2: Oh, and absolutely. And when you start to look at movies, when you say, okay, why did I react that way? Why did it make me angry? Why did it make me sad? Mm -hmm. You start to learn something that God can go
1: work on. Yeah, and that's why I don't watch Brian's song anymore. Um, But uh, if you're listening right now, we want to encourage you to go to MasculineJourneyRadio.com. Look at the events tab. We've got a Good Heart Women's event coming up June the 6th through the 8th. Uh, At Park Springs Christian Camp Welcome back to The Masculine Journey We are just playing a a variety of clips today Not necessarily very thematic in in our approach But we want to talk to you about a two hour long clip That we want to invite you to watch And that is the movie Ragamuffin The Masculine Journey radio team And City Church Winston are teaming up to bring ragamuffin to the triad it'll be the first showing of the movie in the triad in this area in fact um april the 11th 7 p.m at city church winston you can go to masculinejourneyradio.com click on the ragamuffin tab you can go to the ragamuffin website um ragamuffinthemovie.com and uh you can sign up there, but you can buy your tickets and uh, we'll have them at the Will Call table when you come in on Friday night. But we want to enjoy that night with our listeners. If you are a Rich Mullins fan, um, if you remember the the song Awesome God and many others that uh, sing praise to the Lord that Amy Grant made famous back in the early 90s, late 80s, um, those songs Rich Mullins wrote. And the Rich Mullins story is a story about father wounds and a story it is a redemption story unfortunately we don't get to see the long term redemption in his story in in his personal story but we do get to see the long term redemption of his life and his ministry long after he he's been dead since 1997 another spoiler alert another spoiler <laughs> alert yeah i think most of our listeners know that but anyway um if they're interested in the ragamuffin movie they definitely know rich mullins is now with jesus and uh so anyway we want to invite you to come out share that evening with us and uh um, it's going to be a really powerful film and it's going to be a film that if you have friends uh sam and i have seen it robbie's seen it uh Vinnie and dewey have seen it if you have friends who think they can't be good enough to be a Christian or that their life is too messed up, too broken, they're too addicted. Is this a movie for them, Sam?
2: Oh, absolutely. You get a real glimpse of, of what a lot of Christians face as they try to go through that restoration process with God right? and yeah. dealing with brokenness and, and trying not to let, let it impact you. Right. But it does anyway. If you're also a no, Brendan Manning. Yeah, Brendan
1: Manning. Fan, you know
2: he plays a role in this and in Rich's life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he mentored Rich in the in the late years of Rich's life and and uh, played a huge role in Rich's redemption and uh, getting free from some of the things that uh, um, tormented him as a Christian artist struggling with alcoholism. And mm-hmm. I'll just you know be upfront about that. But it's a great great movie. Uh, I can't think of a more powerful movie in, in the message that we talk to men about that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's that powerful. But we want to invite you out. April the 11th, 7 p.m. at City Church Winston. And also, ladies, the Good Heart Women's event. Is that? It's the 7th through 9th. 7th okay. through 9th. I, yeah, I, June 7th through 9th. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, It's in June. <laughs> it's in June. That, that, um, that first one. So we want to encourage you. You can go to goodheartwomen.com to register for that. Um, it's a phenomenal weekend. We've got ladies coming from Colorado, Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, Virginia, all over the place. North Carolina. Yeah, even our state here <laughs> in North Carolina. And
2: and uh, talking about women. Yes, we have a clip. Yes, we do about uh, about the relationship of women and men
1: and this clip got more laughter than i think any clip we've ever played at a boot camp in Mm -hmm. the nine boot camps we've done
2: and and the thing is we've also showed it to some ladies Mm -hmm. and it got a lot of laughter from them Mm -hmm. and so in as well as yes that's right exactly on both (laughs) sides of the equation (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and so we showed this to open up one of the talks we do and and talking about uh fighting for and understanding the heart of the woman and in this one when it first begins, you, if you're watching it, you don't see what's going on in the lady's talking, but what she has is a huge nail sticking out of the center of her forehead, you know, like a framing nail that's sticking out of the center of her forehead. I think
1: it is a 12-penny galvanized.
2: Yeah, for those of you that know yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. And If not, it's just a big nail. <laughs> and, but as you listen to this, just listen to how this interaction plays out between her and her husband or her and her boyfriend, whoever this is. It's just,
3: there's all this pressure, you know? and I'm not sleeping very well at all, and all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Uh, That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Come on, if you would just- Don't!
2: You know what I love about this is I uh. think that the reason both men men and women like this mm-hmm. is because they can see themselves on and the other side saying yeah that's how it is yeah that's how it is mm-hmm. and neither one really getting the other's position on it and it, it's really quite funny
1: yeah so Todd from the very masculine standpoint mm-hmm. what's what's right when the men see this
3: what's what's right
1: yeah what what's right about it I mean as as men oh. see this clip or hear this clip and they and I know our listeners are going to immediately go home and look on YouTube and look up It's Not About the Nail, that's the name of the clip yeah, and so absolutely. as men see this you know, I mean, sure, yeah some things need to be fixed and something in them goes, yeah, that's <laughs> what
3: it is mm-hmm. we are so results oriented you know, men, men want to bottom line it for the most part and they want the, the outcome mm-hmm. and the quickest way to the outcome is what we want Mm -hmm. God built us that way. There's a lot of good things in the world because of having that trait. Mm -hmm. However, there's also another trait. And that trait is going through the process and understanding and feeling everything about the process of getting to the outcome that's important as well. And that's what women do. Is that
1: the difference between journey and destination?
3: It's kind of like this it's kind of like the difference between the coach and the football player. Now, this isn't going to be a perfect analogy, but. We are, men are the football player. We like to get our hands on the ball. If you talk to any NBA player, doesn't matter if they're an A player or a D player, they want the ball in their hands at the end of the game. Give me the ball. I'll shoot the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to throw the touchdown. They want to run, but whatever. That's us. We want to control the outcome. But the coach, he cannot control the outcome. All he can do is call the plays and prepare the team. He has to sit there and wait and hope that everybody else gets it and and you know scores the touchdown well that's kind of like what he's doing that that gentleman's doing in that conversation with the woman she really wants him not to be a coach that's probably not the greatest example but she doesn't want him to solve it she wants him to just help her figure out mm-hmm. and help not figure out help her through the process of
1: getting to the point where she needs to get. Well, we have someone that has a very feminine heart in the studio with us, and so Robbie, from the feminine <laughs> side of it, what what's what's going on there?
0: We don't we don't want to fake. <laughs> what I find hilarious about this clip is because we showed it at the week the, at the, the couples, marriage thing that couples we weekend yeah, and so my wife and I w- were trying to explain to some family friends about the clip and i said yeah it's this crazy clip or there's this nail in this girl's head and he said, it's just obviously the nail has to come out and my wife gets all upset at me you don't get it you don't <laughs> understand the reason for the clip <laughs> i said she's got a nail in her head and so there tammy and i are having this big discussion over the crazy clip
3: well and then now think about this too as soon as the nail comes out uh-huh would he give her as much attention
1: no probably not and she
3: probably instinctively knows that
1: yeah and, and, but her sweaters are snagged, every yeah. one of
3: them. <laughs> and as the
1: man, Sam, how many times do you want to go, fine, just let all your sweaters be snagged then? Well, it's it's hard to say, you want me to pay attention and not fix it?
2: <laughs> I, I can do one or the other, but
1: I, I, I can't do both. Yeah, right. Yeah, because, I mean, the fact that you're asking me about it, I, I mean there is something deep in my soul that says, well, that means I'm supposed to fix it, right? Yeah. I mean, and obviously that is not true. And, and in this case, it's a hilarious way of, of showing that. It's mm-hmm. Again, I think we had more laughter from that particular clip than anything we've ever shown at a boot camp. I think
3: the answer, too, is imagine why, God, why Jesus doesn't go and fix everything in our life. That's I've the same reason. That. That's the same reason our wives want us to not just go fix everything it's a relationship
2: that's right it's about the
3: continuing relationship
2: you know when we opened with that i think it got a lot of laughter but it really sets up the tone of there is some huge differences on how we're we're made mm-hmm. you know we're both made in god's image it's biblical it says mm-hmm. that but it's completely different in a lot of ways and so trying to understand that other person we're not going to fully understand it but if we can get the perspective of which right. they see life through it really kind of
1: helps yeah and um you can uh, you can find that clip on YouTube. You can find it on my Facebook page, probably, and and other things. And ladies, if you want to, you know, give your input, all you have to do is register for the Good Heart Women's Weekend that's coming up June seventh through the ninth, um, or come to Ragamuffin and tell us personally because we'll all be there. Yeah. Um, we uh, we won't pull the nail out. We promise. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll leave all the claw hammers at home, and
2: we will pay attention. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, okay.
1: but. Uh, the the cool thing about a boot camp is um, I heard guys Sam when you talked about the beauty mm-hmm. you, you did the beauty talk and you talked about the, that our role as a man is offering her our strength right. rather than offering her our questions mm-hmm. and that was revolutionary for a lot of guys we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that when we come back from the break ladies in the meantime please go to goodheartwomen.com you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.com to sign up for the Ragamuffin.
0: And the cool thing is all our wives will be there so they can ask them what we're really like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. That's There's a talk little all scary, the
0: radio, are. are they really that way? Yeah. Yes, actually
1: Robbies. we are. Rubbish. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey. While we went to the break, we left our hero, Sam, <coughs> um, <laughs> talking to the men about this idea that Well, quite frankly, most men pursue women, first of all, because they are trying to answer the question, am I man enough? Can I pull this off?
2: Right. Can I really win the heart of somebody? You know, to use a very strong term, men, a lot of times, whether they realize it or not, are very much a consumer. Mm -hmm. You know, they go to the woman to see what they can get, Mm -hmm. right? It's either validation in one way or another. It's other things. It's intimacy. It's all these things. And and all those things in themselves are not bad, but when you go to that as a source, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah, as friends, we should give each other validation, and some level we should have intimacy as we talk. Mm-hmm. Those things are all good, but when you're when a man's going to a woman to get that instead of going to God,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? He puts a lot of pressure on her. He puts a lot of weight on her shoulders that isn't hers. You know, and it really just
1: robs from her mm-hmm. is what it does. And it's not wrong to receive it from her. No. But it's wrong to make her responsible for for answering those questions and for, for doing that. Um, or use it as a measuring stick. But when you talked to the men at boot camp, you talked about that we are at the heart, the way God created us to be, we're supposed to. We, we use terms like lead all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, men are tired of leading. And I mean, that doesn't mean it's not biblical. We, it is biblical that we should be leading. But rather than talking to them about leading, you're talking to them about offering right. their strength to the, to the woman.
2: I think it's offering the strength. It's rising up for her, not mm-hmm. for what you can get out of it, but because it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about men a lot of times make ladies the adventure. Mm-hmm they don't want to be the adventure they want to be on an adventure they want to be a critical part of an adventure they just can't be the adventure
1: mm-hmm. right they can't live under that which is really probably a a hollywood a bad hollywood trait. i mean there's a lot mm-hmm. of hollywood movies that you know the the woman is a part of the adventure but then there's another aspect kind of a second storyline where she is the adventure right
2: know? and we talked a little bit about boot camp but my wife's favorite clip from about women for the most part about a strong woman is from lord of the rings Mm -hmm. when arwen is critical in in frodo's healing Mm -hmm. right she's the only one that can ride him fast enough to get him there she's the only one that rises up against the bad guys because she's there by herself Mm -hmm. you know and it's really cool to see the strength of a woman in a critical time in a a critical role in the adventure
1: and and how cool is it when you're when you're bride when your mother when your daughter when your sister does rise up and come after your heart I mean I can tell you about times when Mark's Mm -hmm. wife Kristen and your wife Heidi and my wife came after my heart and I mean that's that's amazing I mean it's it's a phenomenal thing to have these these beautiful hearts fighting for your heart but to go to them constantly and expect that and, and to say, well, well, you know, you've got to validate me. You've got to make sure that I'm, well, you know, there's the old commercial. I can, you know, bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and make you still never forget that you're a man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for playing. That's not, that's not the ticket, is it?
2: No, it's not. And one of the things that I was thinking about earlier is the fact that, you know, it's okay for a woman – to rise up and fight for you, that's not what we're talking about as you said, but it's when you go to her trying to say, okay, prove to me I'm a man. Help me prove that I'm a man. That's mm-hmm. not what we're talking about. Monday, I had a huge time where my wife rose up and fought for me. You know, After boot camp a lot of time, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going oh, on. Man. We come back, we're tired, and Monday morning for me was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly brutal, but my wife is the one that I really needed to step in and fight for me in that because it was a lot about our relationship. And it was it was huge to see her just pray with me, do those things that brought my heart a lot of good.
1: Mm-hmm. And while Robbie's talking about his favorite quote in the history of the world now.
0: I am. <laughs> Stacey Eldridge wrote this book, Becoming Myself, and she wrote this. And I, I cannot tell you how many times I've thought about this because it's what my wife has certainly done for me. And this quote is so huge. I would like to put it on a bulletin board somewhere and look at it all the time. It says, the kingdom of God will not advance as it needs to without women rising up and playing their role. The transformation and healing of a man requires the presence, strength, and mercy of a woman. And I, I'm telling you that, that when my wife plays that role in my life, the, it's, it's like touching heaven and in, in, in giving me a flavor of the kind of mercy that Jesus gives me, and I have no way of getting that really other than when my wife
3: does that for me. Yeah, because we're not going to do that for you. No. No, no. no you're not. <laughs> no. No. Well,
1: and I, I want to set up this next clip. This comes from Lord of the Rings, uh, the Two Towers movie, and uh, this is one yeah. of the, I mean, this is in the trailer. It's it's one of the more pivotal places in the in the movie, and it's when Gandalf and Aragorn are talking to King Theoden and trying to get Theoden to come out mm-hmm. and meet his enemy before his enemy gets too close to the city, too close to their kingdom, in essence, and he doesn't want to. He, he's, he is naturally passive, as most men naturally are passive, and that's where this clip comes in.
0: This is but a taste of the terror that Solomon will unleash. All the more potent he is driven now by fear of Sauron. Ride out and meet him head on. Draw him
1: away from your women and children.
0: You must fight!
1: You have two thousand good men riding north as we speak. Eamor is loyal to you. His men will return and fight for their king. They will be three hundred leagues from here by now. A.M.A. cannot help us. I know what
0: it is you want of me, but I will not bring further death to my people. I will not risk open war.
2: Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not.
1: And honestly, I mean, we we set that context for men at boot camp as well, that uh, there is no way that you can live this life, Todd or Sam, there's no way that you can live this life without understanding you're in a battle whether you like it or not. Whether you believe it or not, you're in a battle.
3: You know, a lot of times um, we as men believe and, and have that feeling that we've kind of been chasing our tail for years. You know, I'm just spinning. I'm going nowhere. And a lot of times it's because we've been chasing things that are largely irrelevant rather than opening our eyes up to the larger battle and being engaged in that battle because there is a place in that story for us that only we can fill from the glory that God has given us. And then when you start to live in that and start to live out of your glory, the, the particular part of God, God's glory that he gave you, then you don't feel like that your life is spinning and meaningless. You feel it's very, very purposeful now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. Mm
2: -hmm. When you live in that small story, Todd, to take that a little bit further, when you live Mm -hmm. in that small story, it eventually becomes either it's all my fault or God's holding out on me, Mm -hmm. right? Because the enemy completely gets out of the picture. When when you're not able to rise up and say, wait a minute, there could be a lot more going on here. You know, My life is opposed. It tells me in Scripture there's somebody coming after me as a Christian and you and you, and and so to know that that's going to happen and to expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why we're so surprised when it happens. <laughs> you know, even and us, I, I'm still
1: surprised when yeah. it happens. I mean, I that that's one that's probably the point of self condemnation I deal with more than anything is when warfare hits. I'm like, why is that happening? Well, because I'm in a war. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and 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 literally, I mean, it's it's hard to to stay in that. Now, we're not also saying we love it, and and man, I mean, you know, I can't wait for the next battle and all right. that stuff, and to set. Up right. that idea there's a clip that comes from the uh, HBO series Band of Brothers that I'm gonna play right now it's a minute and uh, it sets up this idea that hey don't don't go out running looking for battle all the time
3: so when you think gonna jump into Berlin and see some real action you in a rush no so what you want to go home with a Congressional Medal of Honor or something oh, I just thought that would yeah well, why don't you do us all a favor don't think Okay, move on. AMG. Hey, O'Brien, relax, would you? I'm trying to read. It's O'Keefe. Is that right? Yep. Patrick O'Keefe. My friends call me Patty. Where the crowd's at? Let me at him When do I get to jump into Berlin? Two days later, there they are, with their blood and guts hanging out. And screaming for a medic,
1: begging for their mother. So I don't even know they're dead yet. Hey,
3: you listening to me? Do you understand that this is the best part of what I've seen? I got hot chow, hot showers, warm bed. Germany is almost as good as being home. So quit asking about when you're going to see some action, will you? And stop with the love songs.
1: I mean, that's about as real as it gets. Is, yeah, we're not running around looking for action. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to come whether you like it or not. And we're not talking about demons under every rock. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, every person we meet is possessed or, or anything like that, but the warfare should be, I mean, Peter is an old man. He's an elder in the church. He's been ministering and teaching for 50 years by the time he writes first Peter. And he says, look, you're don't, don't think this is just your gig here the enemy is like a lion. He's roaring. He's, he's walking around seeking to devour and that your brothers and sisters all over the world are fighting the same type of warfare. So it is a normal part of the Christian life. If you want to learn more about it, keep staying with us on the, on the Masculine Journey radio show. We would love for you to be a member of our 300 Club. Those are our financial supporters and those are our prayer supporters. We need the financial support to stay on the air and to take this show to other networks. We also need the prayers. We have to have that. And ladies, please remember, come to a Good Heart Women's event June the 7th through the 9th. Come see us at Ragamuffin, April the 11th at 7 p.m. City Church, Winston, 400 Leisure Lane. You can get your tickets at MasculineJourneyRadio.com.